Greetings gamers and greetings guests. Thank you for tuning in to this very special bonus episode of Very Good Music, a VGM podcast. Hello everyone! Thanks as always to all of our returning listeners, and for those of you who are joining us for the first time, welcome. I am your host, Bedroth, and I am usually joined by my 16-year-old kid and co-host, Shukapau. We use these awesome pseudonyms to add a layer of protection to Shoot's identity because, well, still a minor. And we talk about the culmination of two of our favorite shared passions, music and video games. My regular listeners are fellow fans of this niche-within-a-niche musical medium. However, many of you listening in the West might wonder what the big deal is. With a few notable exceptions from the likes of Tetris, The Legend of Zelda, Final Fantasy, and rare blips on the pop culture radar like the Grammy-winning Baba Yetsu from Civilization IV, video game music isn't a widely appreciated art form outside of Japan, where, as I'll mention later, it is as embedded in the cultural zeitgeist as are the games themselves. However, for a small but very vocal group of composers, recording artists, podcasters, journalists, and fans, video game music is not just a hobby, but a consuming passion. This show was bred out of that passion, and this episode capitalizes on a unique moment in history when BGM found its way into the international conversation briefly enough that one can hope this episode might reach the ears of at least a few curious folks who are new to the topic. Our show generally focuses on music from games that Shukapau and or I have a personal fondness for. However, occasionally we will put together a bonus episode that's a little outside the normal purview of the show. Our first bonus episode, for example, was an effort on our part to celebrate the games that were getting us all through the staying at home that we had to do last spring. Our second was a tribute to the Power Pros podcast, one of my favorite game-related shows, which is no longer regularly producing episodes, but which actually recently released a tribute to the Game Boy Advance and Nintendo 3DS, which both celebrated anniversaries recently. Our third bonus was a two-part special dedicated to VGM Podcasts and their hosts. If you're new to the scene and would like to check out what it has to offer, I highly recommend checking out those two episodes. Bonus number four was an interview with the lovely lady who was responsible for our cover art, Naomi Rubin. Bonus number five was our first holiday-themed episode, showcasing video game tunes with the word love in the title for Valentine's Day 2021. That means this is bonus episode number six. We'll get to the topic in just a moment, but first, a bit of an explanation of how this episode will deviate from the norm. Like the VGM Podcaster Tribute, this one is a bit more specialized and required a lot more research. And since Shukapau started school again recently, it really became more of my show to put together, so this one will just be me. 
It has more songs than most of our episodes do, and the commentary will be much more in-depth than our usual light-hearted banter. I will still try to keep it short out of respect for your time, but we do have a lot of ground to cover, so if you need to split this up, that's perfectly fine. I hope you enjoy it. I also welcome your corrections to any facts I might get wrong on today's show. So what is this topic that I put so much time into? Well, as everyone is aware by now, the belated 2020 Olympic Games recently wrapped up in Tokyo. The Games began on Friday, July 23rd, and ended on Sunday, August 8th. I originally had the idea for this episode shortly after the Games began with a, shall we say, unique opening ceremony, celebrating, as Olympic openings usually do, the spirit of the Games and the culture of the host country. In Japan's case, that included an orchestral medley of songs from iconic Japanese video games, which accompanied the Parade of Countries. Video game music in Japan is its a big part of the culture. There have been video game music concerts ranging all the way back to the late 1980s, and this is very much an important part of the Japanese pop culture musical scene. Pop culture influenced video game music and vice versa in ways that we'll talk about a little bit on the episode today. The arrangement included songs from games developed by Square Enix, Bandai Namco, Capcom, Konami, and Sega, five renowned Japanese gaming studios which collectively have over 150 years of game making experience. The parade started with a rousing introduction by today's first track, the classic theme of the legendary hero Roto or Lotto from the Dragon Quest series. The Song of the Ancients from Square Enix's Nier accompanied the UK's team entrance, while Masato Nakamura's Star Light Zone from the original Sonic the Hedgehog game played over the entrances of the teams from Oman and the Netherlands. The list of world-famous series these studios are responsible for would greatly expand this already long-winded intro, and the tracks we are playing today do a good job of showcasing some of the heaviest lifting of those franchises. So I'll hold off on going into detail for just a few more minutes. I would be remiss, however, if I didn't acknowledge the conspicuous absence of what is perhaps gaming's most famous Japanese company. According to a report by Eurogamer on July 28th, which in turn cited Japanese media outlet Shukan Bunshun, which purportedly obtained several leaked documents related to the opening ceremony ranging from April 2020 to this past July, it seems there were once plans for Nintendo to be a part of the opening ceremony including an event that would have featured performances inspired by the 8-bit world of video games, such as Super Mario and Space Invaders, overseen by Nintendo legend Shigeru Miyamoto. A music list dated June 16, 2021, meanwhile, included five Nintendo songs that never made it to the event. The main theme of The Legend of Zelda, the opening of Pokemon, and tracks from Super Mario Bros. were all apparently due to be played during the athlete's entrance march. Shukan Bunshun also reports that Miyamoto at one point attended meetings about the opening ceremony, and that Nintendo was due to supervise the show. The outlet suggests that the chopping and changing of previously arranged ceremony content, followed by several upheavals in Olympic personnel, including the resignations of the game's creative director, ceremony composer, show director, and head of the organizing committee following scandalous remarks, might have contributed to Nintendo's withdrawal. The games themselves were also controversial, especially in Japan, as the global problems we have all been facing for the last year and a half have been growing increasingly more severe again around the world. 
With this combination of scandal and controversy over whether the game should even be taking place, perhaps it's no surprise that Nintendo sat this one out. However, none of this detracts from the quiet grandeur of the opening ceremony that did finally air. I am not personally a regular watcher of sports, and the Olympics are no exception, so if you're looking for any commentary about the events themselves, you would do well to seek out one of the many amazing commentaries that have been released. I'd like to take a second to plug one of these in particular, the August 6th episode of The Media Files, produced by the Level Down Games Network and hosted by my buddy Kyle. A link will be in the show notes. No, other than this introduction, this episode will not have any commentary about the games themselves, nor any of the significant socio-political issues surrounding them in these turbulent times. Instead, we're going to take a step back and focus on the same thing we always focus on here. Video game music. Or, very good music. I'll be playing the original in-game versions of all but three of the 19 tracks that were featured in the opening ceremony, and we'll get to those three later in the show. I'll discuss a bit about the publisher, game, series, and or composer of each track, and where applicable, we'll share a little bit of my personal experience with each game or song. I'd like to give special thanks to Nikkei, that is N-I-K-K-E-I, on Twitter, who appears to have been the first to publish the official list of 19 songs played at the opening ceremony. Thanks also to YouTubers De Almeida and Nicolas Montero, who uploaded rips of the individual themes played at the ceremony, which, along with the always wonderful VGMD website, helped make this episode possible. Anything I get right today will be a tribute to the information that I found there. You can hear some of those themes that Almeida and Montero uploaded in a playlist accompanying this episode. Every time we release one of these shows, we also release a playlist of just the songs so that you can go back and listen to the music in full without our commentary around it. And with that, let's go ahead and get into our first track of the episode. We are going to start with the classic Rotos theme, or Lotto's theme, also referred to as the Overture or the Theme of Erdrich from Dragon Quest, composed by Koichi Sugiyama and originally published by Enix for the Famicom and Nintendo Entertainment System in 1986. We'll start by playing the tune from the original Dragon Quest, which was known as Dragon Warrior in the West, and then fade into the version from Dragon Quest III on the Super Famicom. Thank you. 
call the Dragon Quest series a phenomenon in Japanese culture is underselling the series' legacy. In an interview with the late Nintendo president Satoru Iwata, producer Ryutaro Ichimura and creator Yuji Horii claimed that Dragon Quest is considered by the Japanese gaming industry as Japan's national game. The series started life under the publishing banner of Enix, which is also responsible for other notable franchises such as Star Ocean and Valkyrie Profile. The company, an offshoot of Aidansha Bonshu Service Center, which published real estate ads, started business in 1982 with Yuji Horii's Love Match Tennis. The game was actually the winning entry in Enix's PC game programming contest, and established Horii as Enix's first in-house game designer. Dragon Quest has been in the hands of different development teams over the years. However, three key players have been involved with the series since its inception. Scenario writer and game designer Yuji Horii, character designer Akira Toriyama of Dragon Ball fame, and, most notably for our conversation today, music composer Koichi Sugiyama. The original Dragon Quest game is often cited as the first console RPG. The original concepts, used since the first game, took elements from the Western PC role-playing games Wizardry and Ultima, but were based on a philosophy of more streamlined, intuitive player experience. GameSpot calls it the most influential role-playing game of all time, stating that nearly all Japanese RPGs, commonly shortened to JRPGs, since have drawn from its gameplay in some shape or form. Other RPG classics, such as Mother, Breath of Fire, and Lufia and the Fortress of Doom, were inspired by various Dragon Quest titles. Dragon Quest III's class-changing system would shape other RPGs, especially the Final Fantasy series. Dragon Quest V's monster recruiting and training mechanics are believed to have inspired the monster-collecting RPG phenomenon, exemplified by franchises like Pokémon and Digimon. Dragon Quest music has been influential on various sectors of the performing arts. It was the first video game series ever to receive live-action ballet adaptations, and musical concerts and audio CDs were produced based on the Dragon Quest universe. Since 1987, the series' music has been performed annually in concert halls throughout Japan. Early Dragon Quest concerts inspired Nobuo Uematsu's compositions for the Final Fantasy series, and Uematsu has said in interviews that Sugiyama, whom he calls the big boss of video game music, started the move of game music into the popular culture by holding the first orchestral concert of game music. The Order of Roto, or Lotto, again known as Erdrich in the original Western releases of the Dragon Quest games, is the highest honor that can be given in the Kingdom of Alephgard where the Dragon Quest series takes place. It is first given to the hero who originally delivered the kingdom from darkness in Dragon Quest III, chronologically the first game in the series. In Dragon Quest I and II, as well as some of the later games, the hero is often referred to as a descendant of Erdrich. Koichi Sugiyama was born April 11, 1931. He is a Japanese composer, conductor, and orchestrator. In addition to the Dragon Quest franchise, he has composed and arranged music for several other video games, anime, film, and television shows. Sugiyama is classically trained, and his style and influence were essential in shaping video game music into what it is today. He attended the University of Tokyo and graduated with full honors in 1958. He worked as a director at Fuji TV after college and left the station in 1965 to become a freelance director before shifting his sole focus to music composition and orchestration by 1968. 
During the late 70s and early 80s, Sugiyama composed for several musicals, commercials, pop artists, animated movies, and television shows, establishing himself in Japan as a household name. Sugiyama's first contact with Enix was by a fan letter he wrote them regarding a PC game in the early 1980s. The Enix staff were so surprised to receive such correspondence from such a famous composer, and were reportedly so impressed by his depth of knowledge and appreciation of games, that they invited him to join the company as a composer. Sugiyama started composing for the PC-88 with 1985's World Golf, and his 1986 score for Dragon Quest was considered revolutionary for console video game music. In 1991, he introduced a series of video game music concerts called the Orchestral Game Concerts, which were performed by the Tokyo Philharmonic Orchestra and the Tokyo Symphony Orchestra, and featured works by well-known BGM composers including Nintendo's Koji Kondo and Square's own Nobuo Uematsu, among others. In September 1995, Sugiyama composed the Dragon Quest Ballet, which ran off and on until 2002. He has composed music for every Dragon Quest title to date in addition to other video game, anime, film, and commercial works. The man's impact on the video game music scene is undeniable. We move next to the Victory Fanfare from Square's Final Fantasy, released in 1987 for the Famicom and Nintendo Entertainment System, and composed by Nobuo Uematsu. The opening fanfare has been reused in every Final Fantasy game to date, while the song itself has been reprised a handful of times. A short theme, but a very recognizable one for anybody who grew up with these games. Final Fantasy was created in 1987 for Square by Hironobu Sakaguchi. In addition to Final Fantasy, Square is the home of the Saga series, the Mana series, the Kingdom Hearts series, and several other well-known games and franchises. In 2003, following financial upheaval caused by the failed premiere of Square's first movie, Final Fantasy The Spirits Within, the company merged with longtime industry rival Enix to form the publishing powerhouse Square Enix, which persists to this day. The first Final Fantasy story follows four youths called the Light Warriors, who each carry one of their world's four elemental crystals, which have been darkened by the four elemental fiends. Together, they quest to defeat these evil forces, restore light to the crystals, and save their world. Final Fantasy was originally conceived under the working title Fighting Fantasy, but the trademark issues and dire circumstances surrounding Square's seemingly imminent bankruptcy and closure prompted the name to be changed. The game was a great commercial success, revitalized the company, and spawned many successful sequels and spin-off titles. The original is now regarded as one of the most influential and successful role-playing games ever, playing a major role in popularizing the genre. Hironobu Sakaguchi had intended to make a role-playing game, or RPG, for a long time, but Square was hesitant due to its fear of low sales. 
However, when then-rival Enix's Dragon Quest was released with such overwhelming success, the company approved Sakaguchi's own vision of an RPG inspired by Ultima and Wizardry. Final Fantasy was developed by a team of seven core staff members within Square, referred to as the A-Team, including designers Koichi Ishii and Akitoshi Kawazu, who adapted several features to JRPGs for the first time, many of which are now staples of the genre, such as character creation and elemental weaknesses, and scenario writer Kenji Tirada and illustrator Yoshitaki Amano. The music for Final Fantasy was composed by Nobuo Uematsu, and marked his 16th video game music composition. Uematsu was born March 21, 1959. Unlike Dragon Quest composer Koichi Sugiyama, Uematsu is self-taught. He began playing the piano at age 12 and cites Elton John as one of his biggest influences. Uematsu joined Square in 1986, where he first met Sakaguchi, with whom he has worked on many titles both at Square and, after both men had left to focus on independent projects, at Sakaguchi's own Mist Walker studio. Uematsu left Square in 2004 to create his own production company, which includes the Dog Ear Records label. Many soundtracks and arranged albums of Uematsu's game scores have been released, and his VGM compositions have been performed live around the world. In the 2000s, he was the keyboardist in the hard rock band The Black Mages, which he formed with other colleagues from Square Enix. The band played various arranged rock versions of Uematsu's Final Fantasy compositions. This tradition continued in the successor to The Black Mages called Earthbound Papas, which he formed in 2011. He is sometimes referred to as the Beethoven of video game music, and has made several appearances in the annual Classic FM Hall of Fame. He continues to compose as a freelancer to this day, and is among the most well-known video game musicians in the world. We next move away from Square Enix to hear and discuss the first of several titles from studio Bandai Namco. Tales of Zestiria was released for the PlayStation 3 in 2015. The game was composed by Motoi Sakuraba and Go Shiina. Our next track will be Sakuraba's composition, Sori's Theme, The Shepherd.
That is a soaring track, and one of a few we're about to hear that are very reminiscent of American cinematic scores by the likes of John Williams. This one in particular reminds me of Williams' composition for the movie Hook. I would love to go on about other influences on video game music, but that is a topic for another day. If you're really interested, I do have some ideas for where you can find out more about that, so hit me up on Facebook or Twitter or YouTube or at our home on anchor.fm, and I'll be happy to talk to you about it. Bandai Namco Holdings Incorporated, generally known as Bandai Namco, is a Japanese holding company formed from the merger of toy maker Bandai and video game publisher Namco of Pac-Man and Galaga fame in 2005. At time of recording, it is the third largest video game holding company in Japan in terms of revenue and market capitalization, after Sony and Nintendo, and ahead of Sega, Konami, and Square Enix. Tales of Zestiria is the 15th main entry in the action role-playing Tales series, developed by Bandai Namco Studios and published by Bandai Namco Entertainment. It was released in January 2015 in Japan on the PlayStation 3. The game's characteristic genre name is Jonetsu Gasekai Otarasu RPG, literally RPG of passion lighting the world, with its story focusing on the passions of the characters. These are common themes across all games in the Tales series. Similarly to Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy, while there are thematic throughlines across the series, characters and plot points usually vary from entry to entry. The game began development in 2012 as the 20th anniversary title for the Tales series, returning to the series' thematic roots as established in Tales of Fantasia on the Super Famicom, and featuring revamped gameplay systems. Multiple staff members from previous Tales games returned, including producer Hideo Baba, battle programmer Tatsuro Udo, designers Kosuke Fujishima and Mutsumi Inomata, and composers Motoi Sakuraba and Go Shiina. Tales of Zestiria takes place on a fictional continent named Glenwood. The main character is Sori, a young man blessed with powers by a mystical spirit race known as the Seraphim, who act as a stabilizing force in the land, where an impurity known as malevolence, generated by the negative emotions of humanity, periodically transforms living and dead creatures and inanimate objects into monsters called the Hellion. These Judeo-Christian imagery and symbols are frequently seen across the Tales series. The people of the world call those who interact with the Seraphim shepherds, and they are revered and feared because of their power. The story follows Sori's journey as he becomes a shepherd during the Era of Chaos, when the Hellion are running rampant across Glenwood. Motoi Sakuraba was born on August 5, 1965. He is one of Shukapao's favorite composers. He's a Japanese composer and keyboardist known for his numerous musical contributions in video games, anime, television, and progressive rock albums. In addition to the Tales series, he is well known for his work on franchises including Star Ocean, Mario Golf and Tennis, Golden Sun, and Dark Souls. Sakuraba began taking music composition seriously while a student at Meiji University, and eventually formed the prog rock band Clashed Ice in 1984, in which Sakuraba played keyboards, and classmate Gintakudo performed drums and vocals. After graduation, the duo signed with Made in Japan Records, added bassist Tetsuya Nagatsuma, and was renamed Deja Vu. 
1988, the band released Baroque in the Future, its only studio album, which was composed entirely by Sakuraba. After Deja Vu disbanded in 1989, Sakuraba began working as a composer for game developer Wolf Team, where he formed the personal and professional contacts which have put him in such high demand as one of gaming's most prolific composers. One of his Wolf Team colleagues, composer Masaki Uno, eventually left to work for Camelot Software Planning, a development studio who worked with publishers including Nintendo, Sony, and Sega, which further deepened Sakuraba's connections with top names in gaming. In 1995, Wolf Team developed the breakthrough game Tales of Fantasia for Namco. This and other early games in the Tales series primarily featured Sakuraba and fellow Wolf Team co-worker Shinji Tamura as composers. Also in 1995, former Wolf Team director and producer Jun Asanuma, as well as Tales of Fantasia writer and programmer Yoshiharu Gotanda, founded Triace with financial backing from Enix. The Star Ocean and Valkyrie Profile games have been their keystone productions. Sakuraba has been the composer for nearly all of their games. Sakuraba remains prolific in VGM to the present day, and has continued to write for non-gaming and anime projects, including solo albums such as Forest of Glass, What's Up, and Passage, as well as lending his arrangement and performance abilities for many doujin-style arrange albums. I could also do a whole episode on the concept of doujin games, which are, to put it very briefly, sort of grassroots indie development projects in Japan. But suffice it to say that Sakuraba's presence in the VGM scene runs long, wide, and deep. Next, we move to longtime developer Capcom and their global phenomenon, Monster Hunter. Proof of a Hero, the series' main theme, was originally composed by Masato Kouda for 2004's Monster Hunter on the PlayStation 2. We will be listening to the version from 2013's Monster Hunter 4. The original companies that spawned Capcom's Japanese branch were IRM, 
founded in 1979 by Kenzo Tsujimoto, and its subsidiary, Japan Capsule Computers Company Limited, both of which were devoted to the manufacturing and distribution of electronic game machines. Capcom Co. Limited was first established on June 11, 1983, Capcom itself being a clipped portmanteau of the name Capsule Computers, which was used by the company to describe the arcade machines that it solely manufactured in its early years. The company remains one of the largest major publishers in gaming, being responsible for storied franchises such as Mega Man, Street Fighter, and Final Fight. Monster Hunter is a multimedia franchise centered around a series of fantasy-themed action role-playing video games. Titles have been released across a variety of platforms, including personal computers, home consoles, portable consoles, and mobile devices. The series is currently Capcom's second most popular, with only Resident Evil beating it in sales. The series has been adapted into anime, manga, a feature film starring Mila Jovovich and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, released in 2020, and most recently an animated film subtitled Legends of the Guild, which debuted on Netflix on August 12th. In the games, the player takes the role of a hunter, slaying or trapping large monsters, as well as gathering materials and special items across various landscapes. Players use these materials, as well as money gained from selling the resources and as rewards for completing quests, to buy or craft improved weapons, armor, and other items that allow, that allow them to face more powerful monsters. The online multiplayer functionality, in which teams of hunters can work together to defeat even more powerful monsters, is one of the primary draws of the series in the present day. Masato Koda was born on October 24, 1971. He is most associated with Capcom, where in addition to Monster Hunter, he is best known for his work on the popular Devil May Cry series. Kouda's first role with the company was for Cyberbots, Full Metal Madness. He later worked with composer Takayuki Iwai on the horror-influenced fighting game Darkstalkers 3, and succeeded Iwai as the lead composer in Capcom's long-running Versus series, as the composer for Marvel vs. Capcom, Clash of Superheroes. After completing work on Devil May Cry 2, Kouda left Capcom to work as a freelance composer, though he would continue to collaborate with his former company. For his series' foundational work on Monster Hunter, Kouda used a mixture of classical and regional instrumental styles. He contributed to the series actively up until Monster Hunter Freedom 2, and was last seen working with Yuko Komiyama on Monster Hunter Tri in 2009. Monster Hunter Tri is the game in the series that I have the most personal connection to. Shukapau and his younger sister Dusklight used to watch me play this game back in uh, 2009 to 2010 when I was really, really into it. And uh, it was just, it was, it was a blast. These games are a lot of fun, even in single player. And the multiplayer experience is just something that can't be matched in any other game. Following his departure from Capcom, Kouda has become a regular contributor to the Wild Arms series, starting with Wild Arms 4, and a member of the instrumental band Star Onions, with fellow VGM composer Naoshi Mizuda. In late 2007, he founded Design Wave, a Tokyo-based music studio which includes several former Capcom sound employees. Proof of a Hero is widely considered to be the seminal theme from the Monster Hunter series. Later series composers, including Yuko Komiyama from Monster Hunter Tri and Satoshi Hori from this year's Monster Hunter Rise, have spoken of it reverently in interviews. 
The version from 4 is a straightforward upgrade of Koda's original theme, which is why I've used it for today's show, but every version is good, even the least popular one from Monster Hunter World. The versions from Try and Monster Hunter Cross Cross, or XX, are uniquely praised. Next, we move to another series that needs little or no introduction. Kingdom Hearts, released by Square in 2002 and composed by Yoko Shimomura. We will be listening to our first of two tracks from the series today, Olympus Coliseum. The Kingdom Hearts series is one of the most well-known and beloved in the world. I have personally never played a Kingdom Hearts game, because until recently, other than the Sega Genesis, I have only owned Nintendo systems, and there has never been a mainline Kingdom Hearts game released on a Nintendo system. However, I do have fond memories of watching a buddy of mine play through most of the original game on the PS2 way back in 2002 when it was released. It really is a series like no other. And Kingdom Hearts is the first game in the series of the same name, published by Square shortly before its merger with rival Enix, and published in collaboration with Disney Interactive. The game combines characters and settings from Disney animated features, as well as those from Square's own series, in addition to original characters and worlds created for the game. It follows the adventures of Sora, a cheerful teenager who fights against the forces of darkness alongside Donald Duck and Goofy. It was longtime Square character designer Tetsuya Nomura's first time in a directorial position. The music for the series has been helmed from the start by renowned VGM composer Yoko Shimomura. The series consists of 13 games available for multiple platforms. While the series is beloved, the plot is infamously difficult to explain, some would say even to understand. Generally speaking, the heroes of the series clash against multiple incarnations of the primary antagonist, Xehanort, I hope I'm pronouncing that properly, along with classic Disney villains and their minions. A wide variety of related merchandise has been released along with the games, including soundtracks, figurines, companion books, light novels, a collectible card game, a manga series, and an upcoming TV series. Yoko Shimomura was born October 19, 1967. She is my personal favorite video game composer, and is a Japanese composer and pianist primarily known for her work in video games, an industry that she has called home since graduating from the Osaka College of Music in 1988. 
She developed an interest for music at a young age and started taking piano lessons at the age of four or five. While she originally intended to become a piano instructor, she had been an avid gamer for many years and decided to send samples of her work to various companies that were recruiting at Osaka College. She was offered a job at Capcom, where she worked until 1993, composing music for several games in the series, including Final Fight and Street Fighter II The World Warrior. She was a member of the company's in-house band, Alf Lila, which played music from various Capcom games, including pieces written by Shimamura herself. She performed live with the group on a few occasions, playing keyboards. From 1993 until 2002, Shimamura worked for Square. She stated that the move was done, that the move was made because she was interested in writing classical style music for fantasy role-playing games, which of course Square was well known for by this time. At Square, she has worked with properties including Final Fantasy and Nintendo's Mario in the crossover Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. And this is where she became attached to Kingdom Hearts, which was her last game to compose as an in-house employee of the company. In 2003, Shimamura left Square for freelance work, beginning with Nintendo's Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga, a spiritual successor to, the Super, to Super Mario RPG. During this time, she also founded a music production company known as Midiplex. Despite going freelance, she has continued to work on projects for Square Enix, including all of the games in the Kingdom Hearts series, as well as Final Fantasy XV. Shimomura lists Ludwig van Beethoven, Frederick Chopin, and Maurice Ravel as some of her influences on her personal website. Despite these influences and her classical training, the diverse musical styles that she has used throughout her career, and sometimes in the same soundtrack, include rock, electronica, oriental, ambient, industrial, pop, symphonic, operatic, chiptune, and more. After composing soundtracks to over 45 different games, Shimamura has become one of the biggest names in the video game music industry. Her works have gained a great deal of popularity and acclaim, and have been performed in multiple video game music concerts. Music from several of her games has been published as arranged albums and piano scores. While she cites the score for Kingdom Hearts as a turning point in her career, and the most special soundtrack to her, with the series classic Dearly Beloved as her personal favorite of her own compositions, Shimamura considers the soundtrack to Legend of Mana. Shimamura considers the soundtrack to Legend of Mana the one that best expresses herself, and the soundtrack as a whole remains Shimamura's personal favorite. Our next game also comes from Square, though it has ties to early Enix staff as well. 1995's Super Famicom Super Nintendo Classic Chrono Trigger is widely considered to be the best, widely considered to be one of the best, if not the best, JRPG games ever made. The game was the freshman outing for famed VGM composer Yasunori Mitsuda, with a late-stage assist from his mentor, Nobuo Uematsu, after he fell ill from overwork and stress. We're going to be listening to a popular favorite of many VGM fans, Frog's Theme.
The soundtrack to Chrono Trigger is a personal favorite for both Shukapau and me. It really is an amazing feat. The way that Mitsuda is able to make this sound on the Super Nintendo hardware is nothing short of phenomenal. And the fact that it was his first game is just amazing. The scope and scale of this soundtrack was also very impressive for its time, rivaling other very large games like Dragon Quest V and Final Fantasy III. Chrono Trigger's development team included three designers that Square dubbed the Dream Team. Hironobu Sakaguchi, creator of Square's Final Fantasy series, Yuji Horii, creator of Enix's Dragon Quest series, and Akira Toriyama, character designer of Dragon Quest and author and illustrator of the Dragon Ball manga series. The game was produced by Kazuhiko Aoki and written by Masato Kato. By Masato Kato both of whom went on to have a continued impact on the Final Fantasy series. Nintendo Power Magazine described aspects of the game as revolutionary, including its multiple endings, plot-related side quests focusing on character development, unique battle system, and detailed graphics. If you have never played this game, and are looking for an entry point into the world of JRPGs, or just for a good time, I would highly recommend starting here. To put it very simply, the game's story follows a group of adventurers who travel through time to prevent a global catastrophe. When Square suggested a non-human player character, developers created Frog by adapting one of Toriyama's sketches. Frog was once a squire named Glenn, who was cursed to resemble a large anthropomorphic frog by an evil wizard after his liege was slain in battle. Undaunted, Glenn, now referring to himself simply as Frog, took up his master's sword and continued the fight. He is a noble, heroic character, befitting the nature of his theme. We will hear more about the game's composer when we return in a few tracks. But next, we will return to Bandai Namco for an entry in the fifth game in the long-running Ace Combat series with Keiki Kobayashi's First Flight.
First Flight first appeared on the soundtrack of Ace Combat 5, The Unsung War, where it is labeled as a remix of Blockade from Ace Combat 4, Shattered Skies. Blockade was composed by Kobayashi, one of his first compositions for the series, as he took the baton from longtime series composers like Hiroshi Okubo and Tetsukazu Nakanishi. And First Flight appears to have been arranged for Ace Combat 5 by Kobayashi as well, as he also served as music director for the game. The song appeared again in Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown. The Ace Combat series is an arcade-style combat flight simulation video game franchise, debuting in 1995 on the Sony PlayStation. The series includes eight mainline installments, multiple spin-offs, and other forms of media such as novels, model kits, and soundtrack albums. The franchise emphasizes fast-paced action and dramatic plots with semi-realistic gameplay. The planes, for example, will handle like normal planes and will have to accommodate for weather conditions, but they can carry physically impossible amounts of weapons and ammunition into battle. The main series of games takes place in a fictionalized world populated with fictional countries, with details loosely based on real-life locations, events, and wars. One of the main selling points of the series is the ability to pilot a range of aircraft that include accurate or slightly modified representations of past and present military aircraft, prototypes that never saw actual battle, and completely fictional boss-type superweapons. There are hints of continuity between the games, as some characters and events are referenced from one game to another, but in general, each game stands on its own. Keiki Kobayashi was born June 6, 1974. According to his website, he was a fan of music from a very early age. He grew up, he says, always with music, from morning till night. Music was so much a part of me. Following his graduation from high school, Kobayashi attended the Toho College of Music, learning composition and also performing in the choir. He joined Namco in 1999 and worked there for 15 years. He is well known for being one of the most prominent composers in the Ace Combat franchise, including Ace Combat 4, 5, 6, 0, and Assault Horizon. He has also worked on the soundtracks for various Tekken, Ridge Racer, and Soul Calibur games. In 2014, Kobayashi left Bandai Namco and founded production company Cake Projects. He still maintains a connection to Bandai Namco, however, and returns to the series to serve in different roles, such as the sound director for Ace Combat 7, Skies Unknown. We will stay with Namco, but return now to the Tales series, with Royal Capital Majestic Grandeur from Tales of Graces, again composed by Motoi Sakuraba. Other compositions for the game were done by Shinji Tamura.
and that track was certainly majestic and grand. Another Sakuraba composition, and different from a lot of his faster-paced tracks on several of his other series, including other games in the Tales series itself. I need to mention that Tales of Symphonia, another Sakuraba composition, and another very popular entry in this series, is one of Shukapau's favorite games. I believe that this particular track played for Japan's own entry into the stadium at the opening ceremony, and it's noteworthy because Tales of Graces, while it is more popular in Japan than in the rest of the world, is not one of the most popular um, games in the Tales series. One cannot deny, however, that this particular track definitely fits um, an event with definitely fits for an event with the pomp and circumstance that the Olympics are known to bring. Tales of Graces is, like the other games in the series, an action role-playing game. It was released for the Wii in Japan in December 2009. The game was ported to the PlayStation 3 under the title Tales of Graces F, and this PS3 version was localized and released in English in 2012. The game takes place in a world known as Ephinia, and follows Asbel, heir to the lordship of Lant, a village in the country of Windor, as he follows the tried-and-true hero's quest of losing his innocence, leaving his home, returning to his responsibilities, and finding his destiny, all while conveniently saving the world. Several manga and books, as well as music albums, were spawned from Tales of Grace's success. We now return to Capcom's Monster Hunter series, with Monster Hunter 4's Wind of Departure, composed by Marika Suzuki. Other music for the game was composed by Miwako Chinone and Ryo Uratani, with reprises of series classics composed by Masato Kouda.
Yet another cinematic composition that, as we uh, like to say on this show, definitely goes some places. You can tell by listening to this, or people used to playing video games can tell that this plays in a cutscene, because it definitely ebbs and flows and indicates different types of action going on in different parts of the piece. Monster Hunter 4 is the fourth game in the Monster Hunter series, logically, and the second to be released on the Nintendo 3DS. It was released in Japan in 2013, and an enhanced version was released in North America and Europe as Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate in 2015. The player character is a fledgling hunter on the way to the port town of Valhabar via Sandship to become part of the Hunter's Guild. The ship is attacked by a giant Darin Moran, a sand-dwelling elder dragon, and the hunter is able to protect the ship long enough for the guild ace hunters to arrive and drive the beast away. Safely in town, one of the ship's passengers, the Caravaneer, introduces his capital caravan, consisting of himself, a blacksmith known simply as the Man, and a guild stewardess. Impressed by the hunter's capabilities, the Caravaneer invites him on their adventures. The song is generally called Winds of Departure, although it is referred to as Winds of Adventure on the official soundtrack. It is a fan favorite from the game. We now return to Chrono Trigger, sadly for the last time, with another character theme. This one is the theme of Robo, also composed by Yasunori Mitsuda. And, as you start to hear the song, know, for those of you familiar with internet meme culture, this is not a Rickroll. The two themes we are playing from this soundtrack today really illustrate the diverse nature of the score that I mentioned when we last spoke about it. It doesn't get too different from the rousing epic Frogs theme and, well, this particular track. Yasunori Mitsuda was born on January 21st, 1972. He is a Japanese composer, musician, and sound producer best known for the Chrono, Xeno, Shadow Hearts, and Inazuma Eleven franchises, among various others. Mitsuda began composing music for his own games in high school, later attending the Junior College of Music in Tokyo. As part of his college course, he was granted an intern position at the game development studio Wolf Team, where he met several future collaborators including Tales series composer Motoe Sakuraba. 
Upon graduation in 1992, he joined Square. Despite his job title as a composer, Mitsuda worked as a sound effects designer for two years. In 1994, after threatening to quit to Square's vice president and Final Fantasy creator Hironobu Sakaguchi, he was assigned to write the soundtrack to Chrono Trigger. After the game's success, he went on to compose several others for Square, including Xenogears, which spawned a long-running, multifaceted Xeno series, to which Mitsuda maintains a connection, and Chrono Trigger's sequel, Chrono Cross, which, by the way, also has a fantastic soundtrack. Mitsuda left Square in 1998 to work as a freelance composer, and in 2001 founded his own production studio and record company, Procyon Studio and Sleigh Bells, respectively. Starting to see a pattern here, with these composers starting their own labels. While Mitsuda continues to compose for video games, he began to write music for other media in the 2010s, including anime, film, television specials, and independent albums. Mitsuda's command of a wide variety of musical styles is evident in Chrono Trigger's soundtrack, from the heroic Frog's theme to the jubilant, almost goofy, pop-inspired Robo's theme, and the many other classical and folk-inspired songs in the score. It is considered one of the finest freshman outings of any VGM composer, and Mitsuda's work only got better from there. In an unknown 2003 interview alluded to on NintendoEnthusiast.com, Mitsuda is quoted as saying about Robo's theme, It sometimes happens that the songs I think are perfect don't get noticed at all, and the ones I just casually cranked out become hits. Robo's theme in Chrono Trigger was like that for me. It wasn't especially remarkable, but people loved it. Well, Mitsuda-san seems to have been correct, as his countrymen loved the song enough to use it as one of Japan's musical representatives in the Tokyo Olympic Games. We now move to a somewhat unique title on tonight's list. Uh, perhaps Robo's theme and this upcoming track are the outliers on a track that is largely comprised of classical or cinematic sounding works. But I, for one, am not upset about the break because these two songs are fantastic. The one we're going to listen to now is from, is from the classic Sonic the Hedgehog. Composed by Masato Nakamura, this is Starlight Zone. Thank you. 
I love this song so much. As with all of the retro Sonic music from Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Sonic 3, and Sonic and Knuckles. Really, I've been a fan of Sonic's music for most of the series. Um, it tends to be a little bit polarizing between the early pre-2000 or pre-1999 games and the later games, but all of it is really very good. Really, though, for me, you just can't beat these original two soundtracks composed by Nakamura himself. This is our first appearance on today's playlist by Sega. Although it left the console development market in 2001 after the commercial failure of its final system, the Dreamcast, Sega remains one of the oldest and most storied game publishers still in existence. The company developed its first coin-operated game, Periscope, in 1966, and was a leader in the arcade industry for nearly two decades. Following a downturn in the arcade business in the 1980s, Sega began to develop video game consoles, starting with the SG-1000, followed by the Master System. Sega's most famous and historically significant console, the Mega Drive, which is known as the Genesis in North America, was released in 1988. Three years later, the company would release the first game in the Sonic the Hedgehog series, whose titular mascot is one of gaming's most recognizable characters. The story of Sonic's development, and the context of Sega's historic arrival with Nintendo in the late 80s and early 90s, has been covered in depth in books and documentaries, and on YouTube videos and in podcasts. If you look for it, you will find it. Essentially, the company had abandoned its first mascot, Alex Kidd, after he was considered to be too similar to Mario. As their development team churned out different ideas for characters, an engine, and gameplay mechanics, development centered on speed and on an attack move in which the character would roll into a ball. Based on the latter, the company finally landed on team member Naoto Oshima's hedgehog design. Oshima said he created Sonic's basic design by combining Felix the Cat's head with Mickey Mouse's body. Sonic's trademark dark blue coloration was used so that he would stand out against certain backgrounds, and to match the Sega logo. His shoes had buckles, through the inspiration of Michael Jackson's boots on the album cover for Bad. Jackson and the entire Attitude Era of the early 90s were both big influences on the franchise. The character was originally named Mr. Hedgehog, but the team changed his name to Sonic to emphasize his speed, and adopted the name Sonic Team, which stuck, as it is still around today. Sonic Team commissioned Masato Nakamura, bassist and songwriter of the J-pop band Dreams Come True, to create the music for their new mascot's debut outing. Nakamura said he was surprised when asked to create the soundtrack, as he had just started as the bass player with the band, but accepted as he was inspired by the team's desire to outperform Nintendo. Nakamura's distinctive use of the Mega Drive sound hardware was an influence both on other Mega Drive composers and future composers, especially in the retro wave of the late 2000s and early 2010s. He returned to the series one other time to compose for the sequel, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. The soundtracks to both games remain fan favorites in the VGM community. He wrote the soundtrack concurrently with the Dreams Come True album Million Kisses. This is perhaps most evident in Starlight Zone itself, as the melody also forms the basis for Dreams Come True's song, Kusuri Yubi no Keshin, literally the determination of the ring finger, which was included on Million Kisses with lyrics by vocalist Miwa Yoshida. And from Sonic, we move on to a track that is a bit of a mystery. 
From everything I could find, the track played to represent Konami's Pro Evolution Soccer Series, referred to online as eFootball Walk-On Theme, is from a yet-to-be-released iteration of the game. It was most likely composed by a member of the Konami Kukeha Club, the company's in-house sound team. Konami Holdings Corporation is the fifth largest video game holding company in Japan in terms of revenue and market capitalization, and is the 19th largest game company in the world. The company originated in 1969 as a jukebox rental and repair business in Osaka, founded by Kagemasa Kozuki, who remains the company's chairman. It has grown into an entertainment, video game, and gambling conglomerate, producing and distributing a wide variety of products including anime, pachinko machines, and arcade cabinets. Konami has casinos around the world and operates health and physical fitness clubs across Japan. The company's video game franchises include Metal Gear, Silent Hill, Castlevania, Contra, and others, including Pro Evolution Soccer. Additionally, Konami knows Bimani, known for Dance Dance Revolution and Beat Mania, as well as the assets of former game developer Hudson Soft, known for Bomberman, Adventure Island, Bonk, and others. eFootball was previously named Pro Evolution Soccer outside Japan, and is also called Winning Eleven. It consists of 18 main installments and several spin-off style titles that have been released on many different platforms. The series debuted with J-League JQ winning 11 in 1995. It is the second largest association football game franchise after Electronic Arts' FIFA series, with the rivalry between the two franchises considered the greatest rivalry in the history of sports video games. eFootball Pro Evolution Soccer 2020, officially abbreviated as eFootball PES 2020, also known in Japan as eFootball Winning 11 2020, was the 19th and latest installment of the game series. In place of a new edition for the 2020-21 season, eFootball PES 20 received a content update known as eFootball PES 2021 Season Update. The newest game in the series, eFootball, was announced on July 21st, 2021, revealing that the Pro Evolution Soccer brand had been dropped. I believe that this is the game from which this song will come. Most of the music in the game in the series is licensed, although original music for ancillary game elements such as menus has traditionally been composed by longtime Konami composers like Michiru Yamane and Norikazu Miura, both of whom are members of the Konami Kukeha Club. The group's name is translated literally as Konami Square Wave Club, referring to the square waves used in chiptunes in the 1980s, which you heard in those opening songs from Dragon Quest and Final Fantasy, and which we'll be returning to in a moment. 
the band has released albums consisting of their studio performances. They are primarily responsible for the sound and music in the majority of Konami's video games. And we now return for the final time to the Final Fantasy series, with Uematsu's main theme from the original entry in 1987. We will begin by playing the original chiptune version, and we will then fade into the version which plays near the end of 1999's Final Fantasy VIII, for reasons which will become apparent.
Oh, such a classic, classic tune. This is the main theme of the original Final Fantasy. It was the first track composed for the first game in the series. Uematsu designed the theme to be upbeat, cheerful, and adventurous, reflecting on the mood of the game. Along with Dragon Quest's famous overture, it is among the most famous themes in role-playing games. Some of the following information is from an interview with Uematsu found in the YouTube video titled Nobuo Uematsu Discusses the Final Fantasy Main Theme. On point, that title. The theme is heard while traveling on the world map. Uematsu didn't originally intend it to be the main theme, just the music accompanying the game's opening, but it became popular with the staff and was used as a field theme instead. It was reused for the first time in Final Fantasy III and was reprised and arranged in several subsequent titles. Uematsu says he didn't struggle at all with this particular composition. He says the track reflects a certain part of his character. The track was originally composed for the Famicom using the available three sound channels, and was developed with each further iteration through the Super Famicom and the PlayStation. Uematsu says he felt the theme was finally complete when it played at the end of Final Fantasy VIII. He has not changed anything since then. He says it is the root of his life now as someone who makes music, so it's a very important track to him. However, he still enjoys hearing fans put their own spin on it and encourages them to freely use their own feelings and instincts to remake and rearrange it for themselves. We now return to Sega for the second and final time with Guardians from Fantasy Star Universe, composed by Hideaki Kobayashi, with other compositions in the game from Fumi Kumatani, Kinichi Tokoi, Seiru Okamoto, and Taihei Sato.
another rousing cinematic composition, once again this time by Hideaki Kobayashi, whom we will discuss in just a moment. Fantasy Star is a series of console role-playing games and other supplementary media created by Sega. The series debuted in 1987 on the Master System with, appropriately, Fantasy Star, and continues today with the Fantasy Star Online sub-series. The series is known for its science fantasy setting featuring both magic and technology. The first four games in the series are set in or related to the fictional planetary system of Algol and are single-player, turn-based role-playing games. Later games in the series are chiefly action role-playing games, and some contain massively multiplayer online game elements. There are currently four distinct Fantasy Star subseries, each set in their own universe. Cameos or nods to other series may appear, and there are concepts and terminology shared across them, similarly to Tales, Dragon Quest, and Final Fantasy. Fantasy Star Universe is an action role-playing game by Sega's Sonic Team, developed for the PC, PlayStation 2, and Xbox 360. The game is set in the Gerhal Star System, which consists of three united planets, each with its own unique culture and inhabitants. During a celebration, the planets are invaded by a race of monsters known as Seed. The game stars Ethan Weber, a member of an elite soldier force called the Guardians, which must rally against the new threat. Hideaki Kobayashi was born on October 18, 1973. He has worked for Sega since 1999 and has been the main composer of the Fantasy Star series since Fantasy Star Online. He has composed for the Sonic the Hedgehog series since 2002. Three concerts have been organized by Sega to celebrate his work on the Fantasy Star series. A self-proclaimed hardcore fan of the series, according to an interview with Polygon, he joined development on Fantasy Star Online partway through. The sound director at the time thought that he would be a good fit. In middle school, Kobayashi had learned how to play an electric organ and created his own arrangements of the music of the original Fantasy Star, one of the reasons he applied to work at Sega in the first place. Now he has been with the series for 20 years, and it has become, in his words, his life's work. Kobayashi counts jazz, big band, and fusion among his musical influences, and says that Zuntada, the in-house band of video game publisher Taito, is among his favorites. When composing music for the Fantasy Star Online series, he chose to use ambient music for the non-battle scenes, and then add more rhythm and beats for the more melodic battle scenes. He cites one of the compositional challenges being the seamless musical transitions between battle and non-battle scenes in the series. For Fantasy Star Universe, he utilized more live orchestral recordings for tracks such as Guardians and other event or cutscene-based compositions. And now, speaking of live orchestral arrangements, we return to the Kingdom Hearts series with Heroes Fanfare from Kingdom Hearts 3, composed once again by Yoko Shimomura.
What a rousing and, yes, heroic fanfare. <laughs> uh, excellence, woodwind, string, brasswork, just the entire orchestra coming together. You can tell this was made by a true maestro of the craft, someone with a lot of experience under her belt. And as Shimamura had nearly three decades of compositional experience by the time she started composing for this game, that's not too surprising. Kingdom Hearts 3 is, like most other games in the series, an action role-playing game. It was developed and published by Square Enix for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. I've mentioned that there are 13 games in this series, so it might seem strange that Kingdom Hearts 3 was released in 2019. Well, that's because there are a lot of technically mainline games because they do take place in the main timeline of the series but they're not numbered titles uh, they often appeared on handheld devices and it's it's just very strange i really don't have time to get into the kingdom hearts lore but speaking of polygon who interviewed our last composer uh there is a an excellent breakdown of the kingdom hearts story. If you Google Kingdom Hearts Polygon Breakdown, uh, you will definitely find that on YouTube. Uh, go check it out if you're interested. It's it's really, really something. But Kingdom Hearts 3, as I said, was released in January 2019. It is the 12th installment in the Kingdom Hearts series and serves as a conclusion of the Dark Seeker Saga story arc that began with the original game. Concepts for Kingdom Hearts 3 began as early as 2005, after the release of Kingdom Hearts 2 in Japan. The game's development was announced in 2013, and it was released in January 2019. If it takes another 14 years to release the next game in the series, then we'll be looking forward to that in 2033. <laughs> The game's soundtrack, once again, was composed by longtime series composer Yoko Shimomura and features additional contributions from Takehado Ishimoto and Tsuyoshi Sekito. We now come back to Konami for our first of three arranged titles of the show. I mentioned that I would be playing the original in-game versions of all but three of the 19 tracks we're playing tonight. Well, these are the three, as all of these come from orchestral tribute albums. Gradius and Classic is a two-part orchestral album released in 1993 in Japan by King Records, performed by the London Philharmonic and arranged by Michiru Oshima, Masamichi Amano, Kunihiro Kawano, and the late Norio Maeda, who is responsible for this arrangement. The songs contained therein were composed by Miki Higashino and others in the Konami Kukeha Club. The arrangement used in the opening ceremony is the first track on the first album, and is simply titled Act 1-1.
Gradius, which, yes, officially seems to be pronounced like grad instead of grade, or grad for those people, is a series of shooter video games introduced in 1985, developed and published by Konami for a variety of portable, console, and arcade platforms. The player typically controls a ship known as the Vic Viper. The Gradius series was created when, in 1984, Hiroyasu Machiguchi, the series creator, was given a team to work with and asked everyone what kind of game they wanted to develop. To rival, or even surpass, Namco's famous Xevious title, they decided to make a space shooter. The horizontally scrolling gameplay was based on Konami's earlier title, Scramble. Gradius, in fact, started life as Scramble Part 2. The game was released in 1985, after a year of experimenting with and refining the gameplay. For the story, Hiroyasu's team was inspired by popular sci-fi properties such as Star Wars and the anime adaptations of Edward Elmer Doc Smith's Lindsman novels. Gradius introduced to the scrolling shooter genre the concept of the weapon bar. During the game, many enemy craft leave behind icons or pickups when destroyed. Collecting one of these will shift the selection cursor along with the weapon bar at the bottom of the screen. The player can decide to select this weapon or store the power-ups to build a more powerful weapon. This innovation allowed for deeper tactics on the part of the player and for greater freedom of weapon choice than its contemporaries. The arcade game was a popular success and was ported to every major computer and console at the time. The ZX Spectrum, Commodore 64, Nintendo Entertainment System or Famicom, MSX, Master System, Sharp X68000, Amstrad CPC, and the PC Engine. It continues to be ported to consoles and online storefronts into the present day. One of Konami's first composers, Miki Higashino, born January 1st, 1968, joined the company as a part-time composer in 1985 while still a student. Looking to fund her studies rather than initiate a career, she joined just as game music was beginning to achieve prominence in Japan. As one of the company's few composers, she was given little direction and complete musical freedom in her projects. She principally composed buoyant, melodic music intended to stimulate listeners and keep them coming back to the arcade machines. She showed remarkable depth despite her youth and the limitations of the hardware she worked on, and her scores were so successful and popular that other successful, well-known VGM composers, including Yuzo Koshiro, Hitoshi Sakimoto, and Motoi Sakuraba, were inspired to enter the industry after hearing them. She is also celebrated for her work on the Suikoden series. Portions of Higashino's compositions, as well as pieces from other Konami composers who contributed to the series, were arranged for Gradius and Classic by Norio Nobuhito Maeda, who lived from 1934 to 2018 and was a well-known Japanese jazz composer and pianist. For our next song, we return to Square, although this game was developed by an outside developer. This is our second arranged title, and it is Song of the Ancients from the Near Orchestral Arrangement album, Addendum. That is Near, spelled N-I-E-R. The game was composed by Keiichi Okabe, who also produced the album, and also Keigo Hoashi and Kakero Ishihama. The track on the album was arranged by Sachiko Miyano and performed by the Tokyo Philharmonic, with Emmy Evans and Janique Nicole reprising their performances on vocals from the game's official soundtrack. Once again, 
This is Song of the Ancients.
Nier is an action role-playing video game developed by Cavia and published by Square Enix for the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 in April 2010. In Japan, the game was released as Nier Replicant for the PlayStation 3 with a younger main character, while an alternative version titled Nier Gestalt with an older main character was released for the Xbox 360. Gestalt was released outside of Japan as Nier for both platforms. The track in question is an arrangement of two versions of the Song of the Ancients motif that is used at various pivotal moments of the game. As with many long-standing RPG series, the story is a complex one. The game is a spin-off from the Drakengard series, and follows the fifth ending of the first game, the events of which have left the planet Earth in a state of decay. Set over 1,000 years after this, the game puts the player in control of the protagonist as he attempts to find a cure for an illness known as the Black Scrawl, to which Yona, who is either his sister or his daughter depending on the version, has succumbed. The player attempts to find a cure and understand the nature of the creatures known as Shades that stalk the world. The gameplay borrows elements from various video game genres, occasionally switching between them and the primary role-playing based gameplay. Nier was designed to have a playstyle that would appeal to players outside of Japan, and the internationally released Gestalt version features an older main character for the same reason. The music was composed by Keiichi Okabe, head of music composition studio Monaka, and several albums based on the score have been released and concerts have been staged around the world. While the initial response to the game's release was somewhat subdued for a Square Enix title, the game garnered more praise and popularity among players over time, becoming a cult classic. This new version of Song of the Ancients, with vocals closer to the original songs, starts with the version of the song heard in Gestalt's Starting Village, before segueing into a surprisingly energetic performance of the Fate version, heard near the end of the game. Keiichi Okabe was born on May 26, 1969. He is a Japanese composer and arranger, best known for composing music for Drakengard 3, Nier, and its sequel, Nier Automata, along with the Tekken series. He started his career at Namco, where he worked between 1994 and 2001, primarily composing for arcade games. Outside of video games, he has composed for anime series and has arranged tracks for J-pop artists. In 2004, he established the music production studio Monaka, which produces compositions for various types of media. The music of Nier is something very, very special, and the vocals by Emmy Evans and Janique Nicole are just nothing short of breathtaking at times. Two wonderful tracks that I would recommend that you look up from Nier and Nier Automata are Grandma and The Weight of the World. Our second to last track of the night and our final arrangement is also our last trip to the world of Square Enix. This will also be the longest song of the evening, so I'll say a little bit about it before we start, and if you'll forgive me, interject brief commentary as we go. The full medley will be available in the link on our YouTube channel's playlist accompanying the episode. The Minstrel's Refrain Saga Series Medley 2016 was performed in part at the opening ceremony, and was taken from an arrangement on the album The Orchestral Saga Legend of Music. The piece compiles tracks from several games across the series, and includes pieces composed by Nobuo Uematsu, Kenji Ito, 
Ryuji Sasai, Masashi Hamauzu, and the track was arranged by Kosuke Yamashita. Saga, that's capital S-A, capital G-A, is a series of science fantasy open-world role-playing video games, developed by Square and later Square Enix. The series originated on the Game Boy in 1989 as the creation of Akitoshi Kawasu. It has since continued across multiple platforms, from the Super Nintendo Entertainment System to the PlayStation 2, PS Vita, and mobile and web-based platforms. The series is notable for its emphasis on open-world exploration, non-linear branching plots, and occasionally unconventional gameplay, all of which distinguishes the series from most of Square's other titles. The series contains sub-series including the Final Fantasy Legend 1 through 3, Romancing Saga 1 through 3, Saga Frontier 1 and 2, and others. Like the Final Fantasy series, the stories in each saga game share little to no continuity with one another. The saga series is also considered a successor to Final Fantasy II, which introduced a more open-ended activity-based progression system that was abandoned by later Final Fantasy games, but embraced by Makai Taoshi Saga, the Final Fantasy legend, and the first game in the series. Arranger Kosuke Yamashita was born February 17, 1974. He is a Japanese composer and arranger best known for his work in television and J-pop. He is a board member of the Japanese Composer Arranger Association. The Minstrel's Refrain takes the listener through the nine main entries of the saga series, and the special tenth entry, titled The Minstrel Song, which was a remake of Romancing Saga 1. The opening provides a taste of Makaito Saga, released in 1989 on the Game Boy, and composed by Nobuo Uematsu. Shortly thereafter, the melody transitions to Stelos, the boss battle music from Saga 3, released in 1991 for the Game Boy and known as Final Fantasy Legend 3 outside Japan, composed by Ryuji Sasai.
The next part of the medley features Overture from Romancing Saga, released in 1992 for the Super Famicom and composed by Kenji Ito. Ranger Yamashita then uses Silence as a transition to the series classic Wipe Away Your Tears. Originally from Makaito Saga, returning in 1992 Saga 2 for the Game Boy, known as Final Fantasy Legend 2 outside Japan, and again in both Romancing Saga and 1993's Romancing Saga 2, also for the Super Famicom. Next comes the harp-centric The Opening of a Journey, the very first track on the score for 1998's PlayStation release Saga Frontier, which was again composed by Ito.
We then transition to our first taste of Masashi Hamausu, with a recurring motif from 1999's Saga Frontier 2, also for the PlayStation. Next, we move to Yamashita's arrangement of Hamauzu's iconic standard battle theme from 2002's Unlimited Saga on the PlayStation 2. And for the medley's finale, Yamashita brings us back to the Romancing Saga trilogy with the shared opening theme, once again composed by Kenji Ito.
And for our final track of the evening, we return one last time to Bandai Namco with Junichi Nakatsuru's The Brave New Stage of History from 2018's Soul Calibur VI. fitting finale to what has been a truly Olympic episode of Very Good Music. Soul Calibur is a weapon-based fighting game franchise published by Bandai Namco. The original was released as an arcade game, Soul Edge, in 1995, and later ported to video game consoles. There are seven main installments of video games and various media spin-offs, including music albums and a series of manga books. More recent installments have been developed specifically for consoles, with modern titles including online play modes. The central motif of the series, set in a historical fantasy version of the late 16th and early 17th centuries, is mythical swords, primarily the evil weapon called Soul Edge, and the sword forged to oppose this evil, Soul Calibur. While the story and themes have developed during its various iterations, some of the characters and gameplay elements have remained consistent throughout the series. Project Soul is the internal Namco development group that has been responsible for the Soul Calibur franchise since the release of Soul Calibur 2. All games in the series before Soul Calibur 3 were originally released as arcade games and subsequently ported to home consoles. The ported versions are known for their extra features, including guest characters, weapons, costumes, art galleries, martial arts demonstrations, and involved single-player modes, when compared to the original arcade versions. For example, guest characters including The Legend of Zelda's Link, Image Comics' Spawn, Star Wars' Yoda and Darth Vader, God of War's Kratos, and Tales of Symphonia's Lloyd Irving have been featured in home console versions of various Soul Calibur titles. Soul Calibur VI was released in 2018. While the storyline takes place after the fifth game, it acts as a soft reboot, taking the series back to its roots. Like Tekken 7, it uses Unreal Engine 4 and features downloadable guests. The game also features one guest, 
Geralt of Rivia from the Witcher series as part of the base roster, and he plays a vital role in the storyline. Junichi Nakatsuru was born in 1969. He is a Japanese video game composer and sound director employed at Bandai Namco. He is best known for his work in the Soul Calibur series. Growing up, Nakatsuru enjoyed music, playing around with instruments while listening to the radio. His parents provided him with classical piano lessons, but he says he would always play popular songs with his own arrangements instead of practicing his prepared pieces for the lessons. Nakatsuru has said that the orchestral sound of John Williams' soundtrack to Star Wars Episode I, The Phantom Menace, has deeply influenced him. While attending high school, Nakatsuru played the trombone in a brass band and was a keyboardist and band composer during his personal time. He majored in art at university and studied music theory, acoustics, and desktop music, although he was more interested in making original songs and playing them in a band. He says he feels that audio is a key element in making scenes more evocative and expressive, thereby empathizing with the players in various situations. And I can't think of a better way to sum up the importance of music to video game culture. And to cap off the celebration of these songs that were played at the 2020 Olympic Games. And there you have it, everyone. Thank you for joining me for this very special bonus episode. The 2020 Games might be over, but the video game, music, legacy, and culture they celebrated in their opening ceremony lives on to this day. And I am very proud to be a part of it. I'd like to take a moment to thank my patrons and artists, without whom this show would either not exist or would be a lot less cool than it is. Thanks again to anyone checking out our show for the first time, and if you'd like a taste of our usual style, hit up the back catalog or tune in next week when we'll be featuring another bonus episode, this time with Shuka Powell along for the ride, to usher in Season 4. If you enjoyed this episode, Season 4 will definitely appeal to you. Each episode will be focusing on the work of a different video game composer. Patrons will soon get a chance to vote on two of the composers we'll feature this season, and if you would like to become a patron, you can check us out at patreon.com slash vgmvgm. You can also interact with us on Twitter at vgmpod, and on our Discord server. The link will be in the show notes. Episodes can be downloaded on your podcatcher of choice, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and our home on anchor.fm. You can also catch each episode along with an accompanying music-only playlist on YouTube. Just search Very Good Music VGM and you'll find us. Thanks again for sticking around. Let us know what you thought about the show, and again, please share any corrections that you've got for me, and I'll share them on Twitter. And finally, as we close out each show, until next time, play very good games, be very good people, and keep listening to very good music.